about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshuba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. scripture to us and then we would talk about it. Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 21 and I am going to read from verse 1 to verse 20 quickly. Genesis chapter 21. Let's go. The Lord kept his word and what and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would, and Abraham named their son, what? Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. Sarah was about 90 years old. And verse 7, and who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a baby yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age. When Isaac grew up and was about to be weaned, Abraham prepared a huge feast to celebrate the occasion. But Sarah, but Sarah saw Ishmael, the son of Abraham and her Egyptian servant, Haggai, making fun of her son Isaac. So she turned to Abraham and demanded, get rid of that slave woman and her son. He is not going to share the inheritance with my son Isaac. I won't have it. This upset Abraham very much because Ishmael was his son. But God told Abraham, do not be upset over the boy and your servant. Do whatever Sarah tells you. For Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. I wish this was a marriage seminar. They're saying to the men, do whatever your wife tells you. He um, says, but I will also make him a nation of the descendants of Haggai's son because he is your son too. So Abraham got up early the next morning, prepared food and a container of water, strapped them on Haggai's shoulders. Then he sent her away with their son and she wandered aimlessly in the wilderness of Bathsheba. When the water was gone, she put the boy in the shades of a bush. Then she went and sat down by herself about a hundred yards away. I don't want to watch the boy die, she said, as she burst into tears. But God heard the boy's cry, and the angel of God called to Haggai from heaven. Haggai, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy's crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him, for I will make him a great nation from his descendants. Then God opened Haggai's eyes and she saw a well full of water. She quickly filled her water container, gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy as he grew up in the wilderness. He became a skillful archer. And he settled in the wilderness of Paran. His mother arranged for him to marry a woman from the land of Egypt. Amen. Now, I know many of us have read this scripture and it's a bit of a conflict sometimes in our minds. So 
why did I choose this scripture for tonight? Last week I spoke about um, you are bigger than a location. I spoke about a new attitude for a location. Uh, I spoke about how to uh, develop that attitude in divorcing your past um, uh, and, 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 and other things I mentioned there. And then I spoke about also in that process you have to learn to embrace purpose uh, and change. And then towards the end, a question came up on how do we know when we need to step out of a situation than to stay in the situation. For those who were here last week, apparently the person who asked that question is not here. Uh, however, uh, I, 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 I feel that it's one of those questions that I want to deal with. And even as we step into the month of September, by God's grace, um, you can tell your friends and your family and all that. I want to deal with uh, this thing that is killing us in the body of Christ and killing people around depression. I want to deal with depression. I want to deal with mental sickness. I want to deal with um, sorrow. I want to deal with these issues and questions that many people have on their minds. And this is one of these things that people have. What, how long do I stay in this situation? You, Pastor, you said I'm bigger than a location, but does that mean that I have to always stay in that location? It's, but I want to tackle this great question using the aforementioned scripture of Abraham, Haggai, and Ishmael to mirror this in our daily lives and what to do when we're confronted with this issue. Okay? Now let me read a story. George O. Woods writes a story and a real life story that on October 31st, the 31st of October in 1983, a Korean airline, Flight 001, departed from Anchorage in Alaska for a direct flight to Seoul in Korea. Unknown to the crew, however, the computer engaging the flight navigation system contained a one and a half degree routing error. Just that slight degree routing error. At the point of the departure, the mistake was unnoticeable. But as the giant 747 continued through the Aleutians and out over the Pacific, the, play, the plane strayed increasingly from its proper course. Eventually, it flew Eventually, sorry, it was flying over Soviet airspace. The Soviet radar picked up the arrow and fighter jets scrambled into the air to intercept it. It's a true story. Over mainland Russia, the jets shot the flight 007 out of the sky and all aboard lost their lives. Uh, you can find this in the Life of Eternities in the Pentecostal Evangel, uh, 26 of March, 1995. One slight error on the navigation system ended the lives of every passenger the pilot was carrying. So what are you saying, Pastor? Is we need to learn to choose our directions well. We still have this story of Abraham, and this is where I'm taking my cue from. Although 
poor choices may hurt you only in minor ways for a while. The longer you go, the more harm they bring. So when do I really step out of a situation instead of staying there? Because when we look at the story of Abraham, Ishmael, Isaac, Haggai, and Sarah, these four or five characters involved in this story, we are quick to say that Sarah was wicked. Why would you send someone out? And why did Abraham listen to his wife? Remember, Abraham did not listen to his wife. He listened to God's voice. God told him to listen to his wife. Because if God hadn't said that, we don't know how the story would end. But we need to go back to find out that Abraham was off course already for this issue to happen. And because he was off course and he continued to stay off course, the disaster of many generations were looming upon his life. The more that bad decision stayed around, the deeper the trouble was going to be. Okay? Because many of us, we find ourselves in a bad situation because we've been off course. And we're now asking questions to solve it, but we want simple, quick solutions to the problem we created. May I remind you that Isaac was two years old at that time and Ishmael was 15, between 15 and 18. So, Ishmael stayed in the house for like 15 years before anything was done. And so let me quickly give you these three things that you need to remember. When do I step out? I ask myself too, when do I step out of a situation instead of staying there? When do I step out of a job? When do I step out, step out of a relationship? When do I step out of a church? When do I step out of a business? When do I step out of a career? When do I step out of a situation that is bad and I still don't know what to do? Number one, you step out when you are immense in self-effort. When you use your own effort to stay there. Abraham used self-effort to produce an Ishmael. And God allowed the son to stay in the house until there was an Isaac. <laughs> God did not tell him to remove the Ishmael until he provided an Isaac. God always provides a way out. There was a conflict. For 13 years after 
Abraham went into Haggai and had a child, check the scriptures, God was silent. He didn't say anything. Because when we go on our own journey and we say, I can't hear God's voice, it's because you're not hearing his voice because what he told you to do, you didn't do. And you're now on your own journey. God didn't say anything. He didn't speak to Abraham. Why didn't he speak to Abraham? Because he had done what he did and the situation he was in was by his self-effort. May I say this humbly towards everybody? We are, we've all been in that situation. Do you understand? So don't, 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 don't sit there and look at yourself and say, I'm finished. No, we've all been there. The difference is how do we get out? But there are some certain things we first have to acknowledge. You get out of a situation when you are using your own effort to maintain something God didn't actually create. Martin, let me advise. I've seen pastors that are pastoring a dead church. And when I mean a dead church, God didn't tell them to do it initially. They decided, I feel there's a call. They went ahead. They didn't get good cancer. And bam! Nothing grew. Depression came in. Situations came in. They, 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 they flogged the people. They actually flogged them, flogged their finances, flogged their children, and everyone is unhappy. Everyone is crying. Everyone is weeping. Because God didn't ordain it. Even when, I, when, when God told me to start Worship Tabernacle because of the way Worship Tabernacle started, I still wasn't sure. Like, does churches really start like this, God? Because, as I've said this before, when you start a church from every place I've known, they spend time fasting and praying, you know, and strategically planning. And uh, I know a church that before they started, they fasted for like six months. And then they, they had a group of people who came together and they told them every Sunday to go to different churches and pick up something good about that church. And then they will write it down and then so that they can know how to implement it and all that. Fortunately, that didn't happen with us because things happened so quick that even I couldn't keep up or catch up. It just happened like that. So when we were inaugurating Worship Tamanaku, I stood there and I said to myself, you know what, because I am not totally sure, I'm going to give this six months. If in six months this thing doesn't grow, God, I step out. It's just as simple as that. Because there's no reason why I want to keep doing what I, God hasn't actually called me to do. Because I know many people step out in being to a pastor because they were hurt in the church they were going before. They step out in being a pastor because they didn't have the opportunities they needed when the church they were before. They stepped out because somebody insulted them. There are different things I've heard. People got married because everybody else around them got married. People go into a relationship because they felt their time, their biological clock is clicking, is ticking, is clicking, is whatever. They got different things. People got married because someone dumped them and they're going to show them that God has done it. God didn't do anything. Are you following what I'm saying? People got into a job because of desperation. They're doing what they are not assigned to do. 
They're in businesses that they're not assigned to be in. And all this is called what? Self-effort. And so let me, let's go back to the scripture. And let me say this to everyone. Because this is how you will know you need to step out. You cannot have an Ishmael and an Isaac in the same house. There is always a difference between an Ishmael and an Isaac. Now let me make this clear to you because I can only use myself as an example and open myself bare. When, and I've shared this before, but there are some incidences where you have to repeat yourself because faith comes by hearing. Not that I don't have any other stories to say. Actually, I shouldn't be telling stories. I'm preaching. Uh, um, when Worship Tabernacle started, as we were going along, because there, I wasn't being paid, and there was, there, 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 I mean, there were funds, but we, we believe God to use it for different things, like buying this property. So I felt that I could do business by the side. I felt I heard God. Felt I heard God. To be honest, I didn't. I just felt I'm helping God. Instead of getting money from the job, I might as well help God. And when I finish the story, you will understand where I'm coming from. So I went into business. So I was pastoring and I was doing business. The business I was doing was called trading. Uh, some of you will know, some of you won't know. And if you don't know, don't bother. Uh, because if you know, it can cause damage. Uh, you can say, what pastor was preaching? He said trading. Mm, and I have been thinking about that. Yeah, God spoke. God is not speaking to you. Uh, and so, 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 I did trading. Now, this, 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 you don't hear this many times from pastor, but I'm going to be really honest with you. Because it's a really serious topic. If I can't finish it, I'll pick it up next week or week after. So I started trading because we needed money in the house. We had a child. He couldn't go to nursery because we don't have enough money to send him to nursery. We had a mortgage, you understand. And even when they started paying, we were paid probably 1,200 pounds per month, both of us. Uh, And my mortgage was 1,500 pounds. And I was on 1,200 pounds for seven years clearly uh so that wasn't going to pay anything so we decided let me do some business so i asked a friend the friend said yeah, i can help you and so i did that so i was doing business and church the business was an ishmael because let me say this when you're into trading there are different hours of the day you need to be sensitive one early in the morning when the footsie the Fortune 100 uh, uh, companies open up here. And then there's another time, probably around 2 o'clock, when the Dow Jones in America open. But there's one problem here. When there's a change in interest rates or when there's an important announcement, you have to be by your computer because anything happens at any time. And during that period, I know that Ben Bernanke was in charge of the treasury in America. And America makes their announcements at 7.30, 7.35. They always make those announcements on a Wednesday. <laughs> always. Check it out. It's always Wednesday. So sometimes I'm in church, in my office, not this one then, it was in Institute Studio, and I was... I opened up my screen ready to click while praise and worship is going on. 
Because one day I came back after church and I was wiped out. If I was there, I would have made the adjustments. I had an Ishmael. Let me be very honest with you. I found out that after a while, even the church started taking a nosedive. People stopped coming regularly as it is. I mean, uh, some of these guys are hearing this for the first time. Uh, people started, didn't stop coming. I was frustrated. I was, I was, I had high blood pressure. Uh, Fridays, I, I can't wait for Friday to come because after Friday, there's no trading till Monday. It's only on Fridays that I rest. And after, that's at night, night time, because they finish trading probably around 9 o'clock, 9 o'clock our time. So even while I'm in church preaching, my mind is still like, God, I hope nothing has happened. And as soon as I finish church, I'm on my phone trying to check, did the Dow go up or did it go down? Because when the Dow Jones in America goes down, the whole world goes down. One day, I was in church and the Dow fell 879 points. That means, technically, if you put 10 pounds per point, know how much you've lost. Now, I'm being honest with you because the business was an Ishmael. The ministry was the Isaac. But the Ishmael was my self-effort. The Isaac was the grace of God. <laughs> I hope someone's getting this. The Ishmael was my own performance. The Isaac, which is the church, was the faith and the dependence on God. Let me, let me finish the story so you can pick out from this. Things went bad. There times, there was a day I was coming to church, we lost a lot of money and I was crying and we were coming to church. As I stand here, because my son was really small, so there was this uh, small musical stuff that we put in, 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 in his buggy at the back to make him sleep. As I'm talking to you, I can still remember the song he plays. As I'm talking to you. You know, when it, you, know you go through a situation that something is itched in your mind. When, in fact, it, I, I can still hear the song. I remember the day I was crying coming to church. Now, one day, and let me finish the story because it, 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 would, it, would, it would deal with everything else. One day, we in fact, let me go further on to say that during my son's naming, which there was rejoicing at the school that we used, our entire savings had already been wiped off. That day, we had no money to our name on that Saturday. Not a dime. And we were, so God gave us a blessing of his son, and yet we were crying. We had no time. My wife and I had no... We, I'm telling you, as bad as it was, we remortgaged. You thought you had problems and depression. Uh, uh, we mortgaged our house, took money out of it, and dumped it in there to be able to uh, recover the loss 
and maybe boost us forward. And we lost that too. And there was still some money. I hope my wife won't kill me for this. There was still some money, sizable money, inside the trading account. And I remember one day I just got on my knees and I was crying. God, I'm just trying to help my family here. And I remember God saying to me, as I was on my knees, he said to me, you are trying to help me. And I'm like, God, I don't understand that the ministry can't provide for us. And God said, which ministry? I said, the church. He says, you left your job while you were working in the industry, while you were working in Microsoft, to pick up my job. How many people change employment for something lower? So in essence, you're telling me that I pay less than what the world can pay. And yet you preach that a cattle on a thousand hills belong to me. You never believed for once that this job I called you to can finance you and you can live comfortably. I picked up an Ishmael trying to help God. Did I shut it down? No! <laughs> I said, God, okay, I hear you. First provide, then... <laughs> okay. You see, the, one of the major problems about churches is that, yeah, pastors can't be honest and bare. And that's the reason why people just don't understand scriptures or the Bible. And I can understand from their point of view because many times people use what the pastor says against him. I really don't care. I'm here to bless you. I didn't shut it down. I traveled. I remember I traveled to Lagos. I went on a preaching assignment. I woke up in the morning. I was looking at Sky News and God said to me, shut it down. I said, no. He says, if you don't shut it down, you will be shut down. That simple, slight degree, of course, of that airplane made them end up on Russia territory who shut the whole plane down. God said, shut it down. I didn't have any means because at that particular time, you know, the internet wasn't that good in the country. So I was like, God, if you, what am I going to do? He says, call your wife. So I called my wife and I said to her, get onto my computer. I talked her through. I said, shut it down. She said, we'll lose the rest of the money. I said, shut it down. So she put a stop and we retrieved the rest of our money. In fact, while we were shutting it down, we were actually getting money. So honestly, it, it, it looked like just in that 20 minutes, things reversed. And it went so down. And she just kept shutting all my positions. She said, honey, you know it's turned from red to blue. I said, yeah, hang on for five minutes. <laughs> After five minutes, you, you're hearing God. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know. You're <laughs> 
but, but, but I made money. I didn't, I made money. Shot, 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 shot. So, she said, hey, are you sure you are sure? I said, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, hang on, yeah, hang on. Uh, shot, shot, shot it down. So she shot all my positions. And this can, you, you can only understand if you've been there before. And after I shot it down, you understand, this was from 8 a.m. We shot the whole thing down by 8.15. By 8.16, it reversed back. And it went so bad because that was during the period when there was a real down. It went so bad that even my friends, they repossessed their houses. God said, shut it down. In essence, Ishmael represents a rational relationship with God. One that is based on a person's nature and understanding, Isaac represents a supernatural bond with God. My Ishmael was my trading. That was rational. It will help God. It will help me. People advised me. And I saw people doing well with it. But my Isaac looked slow to come, but it had God's covenant on it. Remember, the first way you would need to know when you step out is when you are spending immense effort on your own inside the situation. Ishmael was a product of unbelief. Ishmael represented the work of man to fulfill the promise of God. Let me say that again. Ishmael represented the works of man to fulfill the promise of God. God promised Isaac, Abraham created his Ishmael. God said, pastor the church, I created my own Ishmael. I shut it down and ever since then, God blessed me. In fact, this was like five, six years into worship tabernacle. The day I shut it down, I came back. Someone walked up to me for the first time ever. It was a young girl in university. Walked up to me ever and handed me an envelope. 500 pounds was in that envelope. Just a university student. When I got home, I counted it. I called and said, I'm returning it back. Even I, I was... I, 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 you, 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 I was like, come on. This is, I, if anybody hears about this, I'm finished. Like, hey, you took money from a university student. God said, if you return that money, you're in trouble. The girl said, Pastor, if you return that money, you will erode my blessing. God said to her to give. I took that money. I took my son back into nursery. I paid that 500 pounds as a deposit. And I said, the oil will not dry up. And it never did. Self-effort can get you blessed. <laughs> but if you're not plugged in, it becomes limited. You are defined by your covenant, not your career or your crisis. Tell someone beside you, help me preach to them, say, you're not defined by your crisis. Because they didn't say to you, say to yourself, I am not defined by my crisis. 
You are defined by your covenant. God says go pastor the church. That was covenant. What made me do trading was what? Crisis. And many of us, we never step out of that situation because we have created a self-effort crisis and we're not humble enough to say, this is an Ishmael. When in a relationship, that is an Ishmael. When in a situation, that's an Ishmael. Look, let's accept it. And I've been there before. Some of us have been in relationships that God didn't have anything to do with it. And I'm asking you, don't injure, kill yourself. Just accept it. It's part of growing up. Even Abraham made that mistake. So don't, don't, don't kill yourself. Don't, 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 don't destroy your entire, the rest of your life based on the fact that you made a mistake. The only reason why people get more depressed and more in trouble is because they keep sinking a sinking boat. You are defined by your covenant. Listen to me. The Isaac that we spoke about, because he was defined by covenant, in Genesis 26, stepped on a land that there was famine and sold in that famine. And the land, the crisis did not define him. It was a covenant that defined him. And the Bible says that he became prosperous in the land where everybody else was experiencing famine. You're defined by your covenant. Remember, listen to me, there is a difference between labor and toil. To build without God is labor in vain, which is toil. So many are working really hard, but their labor is in vain, and that is called toil. Is anyone hearing what I'm saying? Because when you try to help God, you create a monster. And nothing that starts out wrong will ever, most of the time, go right. Because David and Bathsheba, uh, and I'm going way ahead before myself, David and Bathsheba, that son had to go. Abraham and uh, Sarah, that Ishmael had to go. Because God could not bring a Solomon out of that which he did not orchestrate. Many people, you couldn't wait for your own man, so you became the other woman. In the hope that he would become your man. But look at you. He doesn't want you. He doesn't want your baby. He doesn't want what it produced. It's an Ishmael. God didn't send you guy to go out with the girl. You went out with the girl. She ruined you, ruined your business. In fact, kicked you out of the house you bought. It's an Ishmael. Because to build without God puts us at odds with God. And God is no longer in our corner. Get off my back. Stop, stop talking to me. I can do what I want to do. I know what I'm doing. You know what you're doing? You know what you're doing. God 
He's looking at you and saying, you have no idea what you're doing. I can see where you're going. And I've said this before. God doesn't punish us. It's our sin that punishes us. That's why God hates sin. God doesn't hate you. He hates what the sin would do to you. Did God punish Abraham? No. The Ishmael that he gave birth to became the nemesis of Christianity till today. Now, theologically speaking, uh, many people say that uh, Syria and Palestine and all that is the descendants of Ishmael. There is no biblical correlation between that. However, the Muslims associate themselves with Ishmael and they say Mohammed came from Ishmael. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the chaos that we have all around the world right now, even in Israel and Palestine and all that, comes out of an identification. So they identified with what God did not orchestrate in the beginning. And it is causing punishment. Is anyone hearing what I'm saying? So whenever your self-effort, whenever you're trying to make it happen, whenever it is all about you, 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 that's the time that you need to step out of that location because you won't be bigger than that location that God didn't place you in. Abraham had to reject self-effort to take God's help and he had to make a difficult decision. Too often, this is the position we have to be in before we cry out to God. Before we get to the end of our ropes, where there's no strength, no way to do anything within ourselves. Nevertheless, remember, God loves us and cares for us. We must therefore cry out to God, whether early or late, whether facing a mount or a desperate need, we need to learn to cry out to God. So the first thing I said is, how do I know when to step out of a situation is when there's self-effort. I've shared this with us before. It was only my wife was the only one that I went out with that there was no self-effort because it was orchestrated by God. God knew that I was running after a want and he knew worship tabernacle is going to come years after we get married. So he gave me what I needed, not what I wanted. Ishmael is a want. Isaac is a need. Number two, when do I step out? As you can see, there's nothing on the board today because this is a prophetic word. It was created in the afternoon. When do I step out? Number two, when things begin to mock God. <laughs> That's where you have to step out. When things begin to what? Mock. M-O-C-K. God. Genesis that we read, 21.9 says, the conflict began just after Isaac was weaned. Listen to what it says. Now Sarah saw the son of Haggai, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, mocking. Someone says, making fun. Now let me give you a background on this. As I said, Isaac was a baby, two or three years old, and Ishmael was 16 or 17 years old. If you see Genesis 16, 16, Genesis 21, 5, you could see the difference between the age. 
So listen to me. You and I, let's have a discussion. Just imagine a young man that old mocking or making fun and ridiculing a baby. Technically, that boy was supposed to be like the stepbrother of what? Isaac. And women, come on. If you have a child from, okay, they were the same father, wasn't it? But different mothers. Okay, so, uh, so, uh, so you understand what I'm saying? Even if you have a child from a, a, a different, uh, 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 yeah, uh, a different woman or something, you expect to bring unity in that the brother, regardless, because he's part of your blood, regardless, would take care of the younger one and teach the younger one what to do. But it clearly for this issue, Haggai must have introduced hatred and bitterness into the heart of Ishmael to the extent that instead of Ishmael taking care of that son, because it even was by self-effort, he started to mock and ridicule the son. Which means that if he had left that young boy in the hands of Ishmael, Ishmael would have mistreated him even before you come back from work. How would you feel? Even the government will come and pick up that child from you. And why would he do that? Because parents who are here, you understand, you will understand that when you have your firstborn, you understand, everyone fusses over the firstborn. You understand? Most of the time, they, they have a party for the firstborn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They celebrate, the, 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 the naming is entirely different. When it comes to the second born, it's just family and friends. How many of us are second born? You know, they didn't really, yeah, you know, they just, uh, you're just there, yeah. Okay, okay, you're just, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm there too. I was in the middle. The, yeah, we, the first and the last were taking care of uh, myself and my two mother were just, in the, we were just there. Uh, so, 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 so they took care. So when Ishmael came, there was a force. Everything was happening. But remember what the scripture says, if they can put it up. When Isaac was weaned, the Bible says they had a great party. Which means technically, that party must have been better than Ishmael because Abraham knew that Isaac was covenant. And so I can understand that Ishmael was bitter. But when you become so bitter against the situation, you actually kill yourself. Ishmael will always displayed bitterness and anger towards Isaac. He was always mocking and being mean-spirited to the baby. Ishmael refused to accept the baby's presence within the family. He refused to accept that Isaac... Uh, was the promised child. So he continuously mocked, adopting a mean-spirited attitude towards the child who was appointed to God to be the promised child. And one day he was caught. Let every form of bitterness go. Let it go. Many of us are still fighting our sisters because we feel they've done better than us and our parents paid attention to them. 
Many of us have not made progress because we feel that they loved my brother or your sister better than you. Even if they did, there's still a father in heaven who loves you above any other person's love. Don't become an Ishmael. You still have the covenant. So how do I step out? Now listen to this. Listen to the other story. I just had to talk to this way. That was a byword for some of us. When what you're in begins to mock, disgrace, and pull you away from God, it's time to step out. Ishmael is not only a potential obstacle to Isaac, but he continued to be an obstacle to Abraham. Whenever what you're doing is bringing a disgrace upon God, it's time to step out. Let me just throw something to you. Sometimes our Ishmael is our character. And your, <laughs> and your character has begun to mock God. Your stubbornness, your attitude, your, 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 your disposition, the way the world sees you has begun to mock God, but you're holding on to that character because that is what makes people feel afraid of you. That's what makes people know he, she doesn't or he doesn't take nonsense. And that thing has begun to mock God. Even, even, even a car can mock God. Let me give you a good example of ourselves. We had said this before. One time we had this car. It was a Toyota. It was red. And to be honest with you, as I said, we, we can never offer to take someone or give someone a ride at the back, especially if it rains. Because if it rains, all your dress will become wet. I've said this before. I remember one poor lady, we gave her a, a lift from church. She was wearing white. By the time she was getting up, there was like a map of India uh, on the back of our... It was bad. And we felt ashamed. We quickly drived away. And people, didn't under, people didn't understand when we see you by the bus stop and just drive off. It is not because we didn't want to, but we knew that the whole back seat is wet. This car will every week always goes to the mechanic. You know, I've made this joke that even my mechanic came to my wedding. Uh, I knew him that much that he was the first person to give me a wedding present, George. Uh, 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 so George came to my, to, to my wedding. One day, every, the car developed a problem. And, you know, we have spent so much money on that car that it began to mock the finances God provided for us. I put the car, put it in my driveway, left it there, and my wife and I started taking the tube. And on Sundays, we'll take the tube all the way to Finchley Road, all the way back. We'll go to the shopping mall and call a taxi, wait for six months. We did not use that car. I decided this car will not mock the blessings of God in my life. Many of us cannot get rid of something that is not adding blessings to us. Six months. After six months, it was my neighbor who repaired the car. 
He says, Die, what's wrong with this guy? I said, I have no idea. And it's not going to be a nemesis to my finances. He says, open the boot. He spent two hours working on that car. And that car worked for another two years without no problem. <laughs> Abraham was attached to Ishmael. If you don't deal with your mistakes, after a while, your mistakes will mock your miracle. Let me repeat myself again. If you don't deal with your mistakes, after a while, your mistakes will mock your miracle. Because Ishmael has started to mock Isaac. And God said, you need to let it go. We need to drop the car. I need to drop the trading. You know why? God said to Abraham, let the child go. Let the child go. Did you see how difficult that is? Let the child and the mom go. Ooh, ooh. Let the child and the mom. Abraham was the father of faith, just as Jimmy was the pastor. And then you now hear pastor said that his child and the girl should leave. It would be trouble. But you know what? Abraham could not walk into the future shackled to the failures of yesterday. If you are ever going to walk into your future, you have to unshackle your mistakes of yesterday. Abraham could not find the blessings of God in the failures of yesterday. God knew that Abraham had a heavy heart. Come on, I'm not telling you to do anything that's easy. Sometimes you have to make a decision. Sometimes you have to fire someone from a job. Sometimes you have to dissociate a friend. Sometimes you have to shut down that social media that has shackled you to your mistakes and is mocking the work of God in your life. Yes, you, you, you may not be where you are, but that social media is telling you your failures. It's become an Ishmael to the Isaac, which is the word of God. You know, sometimes we're even in a situation where, and, and, and I was sharing this with one of my sons, sometimes you're in a situation where even those you employed has become your boss. You know, sometimes you, you do a favor to someone to come and stay in your house and that person becomes a principality. And you don't really know how to send them out because they're using emotional blackmail to say, if you send me up, I will sleep on, under the bridge. Let them sleep under the bridge. So far, they believe in God. God said to Abraham, I will take care of the son. We are, you are not God. You may be good. But sometimes you've got to kick the Ishmael out. And let God take care of Israel. And Ishmael became powerful and great. God knows it was not going to be easy. God knew Abraham had a heavy heart. God knew he was perplexed. But God still says, if you are going to walk into your future, you've got to divorce your past. You must be ready to get rid of anything that is in conflict with God. Oh, he's the only one in my life. He's the only one that ever looked at me. Eh? And he's the only one that will look away from you. 
Many of us are holding on to a relationship. Seven years, no product. And you're still there. And you're asking me, when should I step out? Now. (laughs) If you cannot step out of that relationship, that relationship or that thing has become your idol. It's become your Ishmael. Anytime you can't say a no, that thing has become your idol. I, the church became my idol after a while. Everybody wanted something and I didn't know how to say no. Now I know how to say no. In fact, there's more no's than yes. Because if you're not careful, you would not worship the God of the work. You will worship the work of God. You must be ready to get rid of Anything that is a conflict with God. Somebody said, what if it's a marriage failure? Then you have failed to deal with the conflict. There's an Ishmael that you're not dealing with. The Ishmael is not your spouse. The Ishmael is your character. The Ishmael is his character. The Ishmael is something that you need to get rid of. And sometimes, couples don't want to come together to work against that Ishmael. They feel the best thing is let's let's divorce. God is like, that's not what I told you to do. We must do whatever it takes to be free from the bond woman. It may appear sometimes that others are being blessed without having to do what God has asked you to do. Don't concern yourself with what appears to be the case. God has a plan for you. Kiss Haggai goodbye because God is calling you onwards. And number three, finally, this is pretty easy. When do I step out? First one is when there's immense self-effort. Second one is what? Huh? When what? Uh, Speak out loudly. Okay. (laughs) And number three, when you lack the voice of God, that's when you should step out. Now listen to me. Listen to me quickly. When people talk about the voice of God, I need to teach you something. Learn to hear God's voice before a crisis. You have never heard God's voice to sow 10 pounds. But now you want to hear God's voice if he's the one or she's the one. Crazy, isn't it? (laughs) You have never heard God's voice where God says to you, I want you to work in that department. But now you want to, Pastor, what is God saying about this man? You, 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 really? Learn to hear God's voice before the crisis. You've never heard God's voice to say to you, say sorry. But now you want to hear God's voice, should I do that business? How? You're you're not used to hearing his voice, but you now want to hear his voice in a crisis. The only way that Abraham was blessed was because he had learned to hear God's voice. Because, Kando Hosha, If you don't know how to hear God's voice before a crisis, when you're in a crisis, you're likely not to obey him. 
Because when God's voice speaks, he may tell you to do something difficult. He didn't tell Abraham, disobey your wife. He told Abraham, send the boy packing. Ha! Do you really know what that means? Send the boy packing, not with money, but just with a jar of water and one bread. Do you know how difficult that is? And then, if that was always good enough, a few chapters down the line, maybe it was even a chapter after that, God says, now go and sacrifice Isaac. Ah, the firstborn has gone. And then the second one you want me to sacrifice. Can you understand that if Abraham didn't learn to hear God's voice, he would have missed his miracle. Your failure to walk consistently with God and know his voice before the crisis will keep you in an unwanted situation. That's why you can't step out of the situation because you can't hear his voice. Everything that begins with God ends with God. Everything that begins with God is destined to succeed. Never take a course of action that is not instructed by God. Do not make decisions without him. Sometimes our impatience results to us striking a deal that is not ordained by God. And any time that we act or move without the voice of God, we introduce death. Your life grows and produces in accordance to the word of God. So you can only step out if you understand what the voice of God is. He had to kiss Haggai goodbye because the relationship, number one, was a mistake. He had to kick Haggai goodbye because he was trusting on himself than holding on to God. He had to kiss Haggai goodbye because God was calling him onwards. Any person that does not enjoy hearing the voice of heaven will not enjoy plenty. So, what, Pastor, what are you saying? Learn to hear his voice in the little things. Don't do that. Don't say that. Now, if I don't say that, they will feel that they can always talk to me like that. He said, don't say that. While you're dri- don't take this road. Mm, it's the quickest. And then you end up in traffic for four hours. Say, God, what is this? He had already warned you. That intuition, that thing that says don't do it. Sometimes, let me even try if it was the right voice. Ah, You want to try if it's the right voice and die? No, God said don't take this road. Let me even try if God was actually speaking to me. When he said don't take this road, you don't realize why he's telling you not to take this road. Don't speak to that person like that. No. Don't do this in your home. No. Everything is, why should I do this? And yet, you want to hear God for a business. You want to hear God for a husband. You want to hear God for a wife. You want to hear God for finances. If you don't learn to follow that small intuition, that small voice, you can't. Here, make a good decision in a crisis. Because sometimes God will tell us what is difficult. Why should I go and say sorry to him? Ah, Why? Because God says so. Why should I give that money? Because God says so. 
God, God said, said to you, so into these people who are getting married. God, you know, even I need a husband. I need a wife. No. And many of us can't hear the voice of God. I need to stop here because we're selfish. We ask, ah, oh, this generation, Magadeva, Hushatabaha. Oh. If I go on, we'll, we'll spend time. We're selfish. We're so selfish that God's voice is secondary. Because there's nothing about God's voice that will speak about us. It always speaks about someone else. And we're making plans and we're doing things without hearing God's voice. Pastor, I don't know what God is saying. And then stay where you are until you know. I would better stay where I am than make a move that is not orchestrated by God. Because if I make a move, like trading, I will trade my whole life away. There's no song. I'm trading my soul. You're trading nothing. You are actually buying. <laughs> when God's voice appeared, I was delivered. And up till today, I know clearly, God does not want me to mix ministry with business. And if he can't supply for all my needs, then I'm in the wrong place. But he has. Still now people come up to me, Pastor, do this, Pastor, do that. And then God told me to just face ministry. It may look like I'm lazy, but I know God is providing. Now, let me say this. If God is not providing, I will go back into IT. Trust me. Though it's too late now. But I would have gone back. So don't say, eh, I'm still waiting on God to see what he's doing. No, we can deal with that next week on laziness. That's a different ballgame altogether. But what I'm teaching us is when do we step out when there's self-effort? You need to step out. When what you're doing is mocking God, step out. And lastly, when you can't hear God's voice on that situation, step out. Amen? You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.